when I first started events, everyone said to me, what's your dream? What is your dream event? My dream event is to host a, a, a huge mass event at the O2. That is my dream event. Mm -hmm. Like what Pete Tong does with the orchestra. Yeah, that's what I want. From collecting glasses in local bars, booking massive headliners. Yes. Name me some of the names of the big artists that you've booked. This year we've had Salado, Dimitri from Paris, Todd Terry. What are your three top tips for me? My three top tips would be definitely listen to people, take advice on board, build a good team. You're only as good as your team. And the third thing I would say is don't ever be put off. Just keep going, keep going, keep going and never be put off by bad experiences. Mr. Josh Hodges, welcome to Back to CJ's podcast. Back to CJ's. <laughs> well, welcome to the studio, mate. How have we been? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. I'm loving the name as well. Loving, <laughs> loving the name. Last time we spoke, you didn't have a name. Yeah, this is so it. Yeah, this it, was there was a lot of ideas in the pipeline. We finally, uh, finally settled both. on it. Yeah. <laughs> but no, listen, I like, mate, I'm like it. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me, mate. No, Alleg, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So for those just tuning in, Josh is the owner of La Fiesta. Uh, Hush Events and it's, he's a guy that I've known for over 10 years now we both started kind of in the same area when I was playing in clubs and Josh was a, a club promoter so Josh from collecting glasses in local bars to booking massive headliners yes name me some of the names of the big artists that you've booked do you know that what? you put in your what's your top three artists it's probably it's, it's crazy we're so blessed to actually have been able to book some amazing people Probably this year we've had Salado, Dimitri from Paris, Todd Terry. Wow. They're probably Big three nice. people that were definitely on the bucket list mm -hmm. for La Fiesta to book. So I'm really happy that we got them. We've had Richie Ahmed this year a couple of times, like another great booking. It's, it's great. It's great. But listen, like me and you were saying off camera, it's all good having them. And it's all good having your residents as well because you've just got that core of great people. Yeah, so this is what I wanted to talk to you about. It's not just about the big headliners that you book, right? You've had a team that have worked with you for years, right? And 100%. It comes back to it doesn't matter if you're a huge name, but if you're a great DJ and you play good music, that's all that matters, right? If the 100%. party's going to be good. So who are some of the guys that are your residents that have Listen, been with you we've for had years? Guys that obviously me and you both know from Daryl Privet, Sam Lashmar, Jack Cav, they've been with me for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Like coming up to 10 years, which is absolutely crazy. Sam started as my bongo player. Yeah, I love that. Which yeah, I remember. I remember. It's just, it's crazy. And it's always, I think like what we were saying, there's, there's a misconception that uh, so-and-so might not have a huge profile, so he can't play or he can't play. No, first and foremost, it's about the music. And it, for me, it's always been about the music. I'm a promoter. We'll sell the tickets. Mm -hmm. I want I want to book people that, first and foremost, are unbelievable DJs. Yeah, and just them, even just them three, they're unbelievable. They're great mm -hmm. DJs. We've had a couple of others join us as well over the last few years. Hayley Wallace, um, a girl I'm really excited about. She's amazing. Um, we have Billy Cox plays with us for all the La Fiestas. Unbelievable. It, 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 yeah, listen, it's a, it's a great it's a, it's a great family. It's a great yeah, tight-knit family. And I think that's important, right, when you're running a business to have your friends around you because ultimately when you're DJing at places like Free Free and you're on the big stages at festivals, having your mates around you can there's only make better. it feel 100% better, nothing, right? There's nothing better than being in business with your friends. There's mm -hmm. nothing more than you want. Luckily, my business partners are my best friends. Mm -hmm. And luckily, the people that are employees, technically DJs or whatever, are my best friends. So yeah, it's an absolute, you couldn't ask for anything more, really, could you? Yeah, amazing. And 
you've actually started DJing yourself now, right? Yes. So <laughs> from selling tickets in clubs, from collecting glasses to organising festivals, now you're DJing. So you obviously keep some very good company with your DJ. So has that helped you along your way in terms of... Do you know of- what? I always laugh straight away. When everyone, any, any time anyone says, oh, you're a DJ now, I just laugh because I just can't really take myself seriously. But, yeah, do you know what? There's nothing better than... My best mates are the best DJs. Mm-hmm. So it's it's great company to keep for in terms of when I was starting to help me with music or mm-hmm. help me learn little things, tricks, whatever. It's um yeah, it's been great. And so, I mean, yeah, you've had enough years in clubs to know what tunes work, right? And how to 100%. get a party going and how to read a crowd. It's always and stuff like been that. that's always been the thing for me, really. Like I know music to a T. I've always been that guy that I can hear people mixing in the tune and I'm singing it as soon as they're mixing it in before anyone even knows. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I've always been like that. And I love music. Obviously, I spend most of my time in venues. I love music. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of a, in lockdown, bored, wanted to learn something, retrain. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and that was it. I just thought, why not learn? I've got a great platform to put myself on, express myself, because I own these parties and these festivals. It's a great way to put yourself out there. A lot of my best friends own a lot of the biggest brands as well. Mm-hmm. So if I am good or whatever, I'm sure they'll book me. So yeah, it was a great platform to build from. And I've played 338 twice now, which you played at as well. And you know it's amazing being on that stage. Yeah, I mean, that's what's, what's actually quite funny as well is I was always just a saxophone player, right? And then during lockdown, because I own all of the sound systems and the decks from where I've got the wedding business. Why not? Just... I, was, I had all this spare time and my old man has a massive music collection thousands of cds so obviously we're talking multiple genres here from 70s 80s disco motown soul senior usb yeah so (laughs) i think i've got something close to like eight thousand tracks but during lockdown i literally spent weeks organizing the folders actually going through listening to music and sorting it so that any party i turn up to it doesn't matter if it's a wedding 18th 21st 40th 50th everything covered i can go into a party and play six hours motown if i had to yeah like i'm covered for it any party that I walk into effectively but um, I don't know about you but when you're DJing an hour will go like that so it quick. flies by flies flies by well I'm probably drunk most of them as well <laughs> so that goes even quicker but I remember getting on at 338 and I was literally so nervous because it was I was playing 6 to 7 on the terrace so this was peak time well I knew from my previous 3 for 8 I played 4.30 to 5.30 mm-hmm. by the time I come off it was heaving mm-hmm. so I knew playing 6 to 7 it was dark yeah you were going to have a well, I played 7 to 8 sorry I played <laughs> 7 to 8 and I knew it's going to be it's going to be rammed in it so I was really nervous and oh my god that hour just Bros, but bros, breeze by, <laughs> breeze by, breeze by. What a feeling it is, right, to be stood behind the decks at a club like Free Freight with a thousand people in front of you. Unbelievable. Talk to me about that feeling. It, I mean, it was, well, uh, yeah, that terrace is just sensational, and the screens with your name on it, playing big tunes, all your mates around you jumping up and down, and, and something is, like that, right, makes all of the stress and the graft of putting an event together hundred percent, hundred percent worth it, right? I've got, I'm experiencing all sides. Like I'm experiencing the actual playing, I'm experiencing putting on the event. Like I'm, I'm so lucky to be mm-hmm. able to to be able to do that. And I'm kind of going through that phase now of like what you said. I weren't really taking it too seriously, but now I'm looking at it thinking. 
no, do you know what? Why not? Why not take it seriously? Like, I'm doing the whole, doing the folders, organising my music and all that, which does take a lot of time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, mate, I was sitting there at 3 for 8 in the green room, like, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, everyone's getting drunk. I'm just sitting there with a drink, my laptop out, doing music, headphones yeah, on. I planning thought, your set. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> planning my set. I thought, like, this is great. I love it. No, that's it. And like you said, with your experience in clubs, do you find it hard to switch off when you're at an event knowing that this has to be right is the bar doing well are the DJs on time is everything going to plan or can you sit back at your events and just take a chill and actually enjoy it do you know what it's got it's got a bit better now because the bigger we've grown the more staff we've employed the more people that we've got there so we could have up to 10 to 15 people at a big like a free for eight we could have 10 to 15 floor staff with La Fiesta from door girls to artist liaisons to so delegation is a big delegation is huge right? huge that's probably the the one biggest thing I've learned over the last few few years is delegating because mm-hmm. there's only so much you physically can do and not to get stressed and worked out up about things because things always go wrong. If you're putting on big scale festivals, if you're putting on big scale events, something is going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's about having that calm mindset and knowing that you've been there, done it. It's all experience. Because mm-hmm. once you've been there and done it so many times, yeah, things might go wrong, but you know that there's a pathway out of it or there's yeah, this or that's there's it. that. I mean, yeah, there's always the risk of technical issues and always going something. wrong. But if you keep calm and just work through it, and 100%. have a good team around you you can overcome most problems and the delegating right? the delegating is probably the best thing that I've learned and the best trait attribute whatever that I've gained over the last few years probably from working with my business partner Paul mm-hmm. legend he's by older. the way yeah, <laughs> yeah. legend great Love guy great guy. guy so he actually owns the Cinnabar yeah brand, so he owns right? the Cinnabar brand which is free venues in Hertfordshire. Hertfordshire yeah brilliant venues we do Hush there on the Fridays mm-hmm. great we're having 250 French people there on the Fridays unbelievable vibe mm-hmm. so yeah just a little plug yeah. <laughs> just in there but yeah he, he he's probably the one that from having an older head business partner that taught me to delegate because I was always that guy that wanted to do everything mm-hmm. I want to do I want to do the artwork I want to do the lineups I want to make sure the production's right I want to do the, that was always me mm-hmm. But sitting back, delegating, letting other people do things does open your eyes massively and it helps you focus solely on the things that you are great at and the Mm -hmm. things that you are really good at. Because that's what he said to me. He said, you are so gifted and you are unbelievable at so many things. Focus on them things. Get someone else to do these other things because you're taking away from you. You don't need to do it. Yeah, that's and it. And it is. Um, that's probably the best thing that we've learned over the, over the parties. And it helps you run a more successful party as it well. It turns it into a well-oiled machine, right? Once 100%. you have all of the different parts working together, ultimately, you have a better event and it runs smoother. 100%, without a shadow of a doubt. And that that's the bigger that we've got with the bigger festivals, the bigger events... It is. It's getting to a point now at 3-3-8. We have got someone doing everything. I am sitting back in the green room having a drink, planning music, relaxing, which is a nice feeling because mm-hmm. at the social distance festivals last year, I'm the guy with the earpiece on because it was me and Paul, really, a two-man band with a team around us. But there was so much more than just running the festival. It was keeping six in a pod mm-hmm. or keeping, making sure that they're social distancing or making sure there's so much more going on with 10 council members walking around with notepads, watching mm-hmm. your every move. It I was mean, awful. you've got a million and one people asking you different questions. Can you do this? Can you do that? Stressful. Really, yeah. really, really stressful. But the best experience of my life. Mm-hmm. So, it's And you must have picked up some pretty invaluable skills, even taking it 
even further back, going into Cinnabar in the early days, talk me through some of, because when you took over Cinnabar, right, you've built a brand in there with Hush, that as you said, Correct. now it's got hundreds of people regularly turning up. So what are some of the key marketing uh, ideas that you brought to the table for a venue like that? What would you say if you were running a bar now and okay maybe it's coming out of lockdown it's not so busy what would be some of your top tips on how to get a venue how to get a venue busy op- operating to a sold out capacity it's a great listen that's obviously a great it's question. not as not as simple as it it's sounds a great but question what would be what? the first things that you do if you were to go into a venue times have massively changed mm-hmm. like when i first started parties we used to print cds mm-hmm. put a flyer in a cd <laughs> stand outside a venue uh two o'clock in the morning handing cds out we used to put leaflets through people's doors we used to do it was crazy obviously digital marketing now is huge it's a mm. massive massive thing my top tips if i was opening a venue tomorrow or when i went into cinnabar i always start from the basics i always have so we took over there fridays there was nothing really going on there it was a bit of an older perception people would go in there for a couple of beers that was kind of it I kind of strip it back, go back to basics, go, right, this is what we want to do. This is the style of event we're going to do. So we're going to do house and R&B. Stick to it. House and R&B, stick mm-hmm. to it, stick to it. You might get people come in, not like it. Stick to, stick to your philosophy mm-hmm. and ride through it. I'd always go back to the basics of I'd build a good team around me, build a good team around me. Say I'd have five, six core younger promoters working for me. I'd go to them, right, you all bring 10 people each have a table, I'll give you a bottle, all of a sudden you're starting to build a little bit of a base. So you've got your 50, 60 people base there, no matter what. Then you're coming down with 20 people, you're looking at 70 people. Say you've got a bit of a walk up, you're looking at 150 people. All of a sudden, if you've got them little bases that you build from, which I've always done with the Fridays, that's always been my philosophy, is book the tables out, whether you're giving them to girls for free, whether you're giving them to birthdays, guys, whatever, book them out every week, build, 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 then all of a sudden, once you are booking great DJs, because our DJs are amazing, once you are booking semi-headliners, which we've got access to, luckily, from the contacts, you just build, you build, you build, you build, you build. Then all of a sudden, you're we're probably known now, the Hush Fridays probably are the best Fridays in the south of England, and that's not being big-headed. A lot of venues don't even have a Friday mm-hmm. nowadays. It's so difficult. When we first started, what was there, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays? Yeah, like the... Sundays the, and Thursdays were huge. There's been a huge change in clubbing and going out, I think, even particularly in this area of like West Essex. Mass- massive change. I was very lucky, starting my career back in the day, you had Nubar, Mojo's, Faces, 195. It would be busy a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's crazy. It's crazy. There was, we were spoiled, really. There's so many spoiled. places to go. And now, a lot of these local bars have kind of gone and disappeared. And there's very few that are actually... Mate, you're lucky, left. like I said, you're lucky to have a good Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, sorry, a good Saturday. You're lucky to just have a good Friday and Saturday now. It has changed so much just for the fact that venues have closed down. Mm-hmm. I think the whole... Getting dressed up to the nines. I used to wear a suit and go to clubs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to wear a blazer and jeans and a tie yeah. and to go to Lux on Moving a Saturday. the fashion trends, yes. Yeah, I feel it's like it's changed. changed. A lot of people, the whole standalone turning up to a nightclub at 10pm, it has changed a little bit. When I first, when I turned out, the one example I give to everyone is when I first turned 18, 
My 18th birthday, I went to Funky Buddha. I mm-hmm. went to Aura. I went to 195 at a big table. I think I was probably there. Probably there. <laughs> I think I was there for you that. Was probably there. <laughs> People turning 18 now, they'll go La Fiesta or Printworks. And go raving. Or they'll go raving. Yeah. It's a completely different mindset. So you've lost quite a lot of custom to the new generation want to go raving. They mm-hmm. want to be in these big sound systems, big clubs, big Do you know what? I think they're almost quite a sport with these festivals in having now. access to these massive headliners on a weekly basis like being able to go to a festival like you're putting on and see the likes 100%. of Richie Ahmed or some of the names that you've mentioned Dimitri from Paris in my time like you might have once a month there'd yeah, be a big event in London like whereas now it like seems this. like there's events almost every week in London All with, time, with a massive event yeah well, big, big festivals. festivals I think that's been the thing coming out of lockdown right is this whole festival mentality like there's so many more of them now of which obviously you've been a pioneer in this area but back in the day it used to be like V Festival. Oh, yeah, you'd have one. Creamfields up north, or. We are coming Yeah, like V that, used to be it. the one big weekend, like where everyone would go to a festival, do the camping thing, and obviously it's slightly different. It has. Set up and just house music, obviously, across the board. But. That's yeah. kind of our business concept with our festivals. It is offering brands that can do 2,000, 3,000 tickets, offering them an opportunity to come and do a festival because it ain't easy. Mm-hmm. It's not easy and it's not cost effective to do set up a huge festival site for one day. Mm-hmm. But if you're building a series of events and one day it's drum and bass, one day it's La Fiesta, one day it's R&B, one day it's a hip-hop event, one day it's a, a soul event, whatever... When you are doing that and you're spreading the cost and things like that, it does become cost-effective for brands to come and do a festival. And Mm -hmm. that is the end game. When I first started events, everyone said to me, what's your dream? What is your dream event? My dream event is to host a a, a huge mass event at the O2. That is my dream event. Mm -hmm. Like what Pete Tong does with the orchestra. That's what I want to do. That is my dream. That's where I want to be. And festivals. That was always it. That, Mm -hmm. festivals. And I'm, I'm so lucky now that I'm ticking one of them off and I'm trying to give other people the opportunity to tick it off as well. Mm-hmm. So with us behind the scenes and with brands coming together, it is kind of a, it's, it's a great partnership. Yeah, that's great. You're using your skills to yeah bring others in as well and help them realise that, you know what, you can actually go and put a festival on. 100%. You've, you've got some of the experience now to lend to other people to help them make 100%. that a reality as well. But yeah, it. as we know, it's not always easy to put on a festival and the last year has been crazy you've had ups and downs and loads of ups and downs overcoming so many different things from the various restrictions that are in place to staffing problems to I mean the UK at the moment's kind of under it right with staffing even, staffing. At, even at restaurants and things and, and local bars I, I, well from people I've spoken to it's hard to just get waiters and waitresses and bar staff at the moment right it's crazy a lot of my friends that own restaurants that own bars that own it's a nightmare it's mm-hmm. an absolute nightmare they can't get staff mm-hmm. I don't know whether that's because of Brexit things going on with that obviously during Covid a lot of people have probably gone back to homes mm-hmm. like if you had people from foreign countries working so they've probably gone home hospitality industry was not really looked after during the whole pandemic Mm -hmm. so i think a lot of people weren't really supported yeah it was always kind of uh well we've spoke about it a lot on these podcasts before is that it's interesting how all of the news articles would always start with nightclubs are still shut or for some reason that this whole nightclub thing was always pushed as like the main agenda even though it does filter through to crazy everything else it's ridiculous. Like, nightclubs almost become the scapegoat in all of this. Yeah, and nightclubs were really the scapegoat. And we're still, still feeling the effects of that now, right? It's like people's mentality towards going out and, and clubbing 
has changed because I still think people are quite confused whether you have to have a vaccine or you need to be testing to go into an event and all these various things which so many grey areas it's like we've been fed so many different messages I think clubbing is going to take a while to recover I think it will I do think clubbing it will it almost moves in a certain way right when I was younger I always felt that the clubs would start off they wouldn't be busy then they'd get promoters in and build a team and build nights and graduate gets busy and that will happen for a couple of years and eventually then the promoters go and the clubs do it in-house and it stays busy it's then it goes quiet again quiet. because <laughs> you're kind of age groups it's of people cycle. yeah but like you do have certain age groups that go out clubbing and people get older and then it transitions again and you get a new bunch of people and it just keeps repeating 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 so yeah i do think clubs will make a a recovery i think it's going to take a little bit of time i agree but um i agree i think it will get there in this country it might just be slightly different to how it was before like you said when we used I to go out we, we, a bit, yeah we were wearing blazers and, and getting tables in it clubs whereas so now it's, changed. it's like, just a cycle yeah the whole brunch thing like i know brunch is in, big now yeah, i mean that's another huge. thing that there was no such thing as a brunch when i was going out when i was 18 mm-hmm. there was no such thing as brunches but a lot of girls guys whatever like to do that now because you can go out day drinking mm-hmm. you can wake up go to work the next day what made you start promoting or getting into nightclubs or what What even made you start doing that do you know what it was so when i was 16 at college i was doing business and mantra and so i went to college in where hertfordshire for people that don't know it and there was a nightclub called mantra there i don't know if you know it mm-hmm. like it was it was like a really good club at the time they had a mantra in billy jeans and i think they had billy jeans in epping as well mm-hmm. so um I did an under-18 event there. So just like an under-18s event, I think it was 300 people, sold the tickets. This is the years of BBM and stuff like that, like send out one broadcast message <laughs> and it just sold like that. And I thought, bloody hell, I've just sold 300 tickets, 10 or a ticket. My outlays or, or whatever, say 50%, I've never had money like this in my life. I was doing yeah. something that I sent out a BBM message. <laughs> so I think it was kind of getting into that. And then when I first turned 18, um, Faces in Hoddesdon was the, probably the premium club mm-hmm. locally. Um, and I, I was just really good friends with one of the DJs there that I went to college with. And he was just like, oh, I do the Thursday nights. Do you want to run a little guest list for me? And I was like, well, yeah, I don't mind. And he was like, look, I'll pay you £2 a person for everyone you get on your guest list. I was like, well, this is easy. I was putting 50, 60 people a night on a guest list. I was like, this is just like free money. And then I think it just progressed really from there. Obviously, I met. I, was, I got quite friendly with the owners um, who then advised me to start my own night, which I did, which was Hush. That's when that was born. And then one thing turned into another, mate, and it all kind of just just start, started snowballing, really. Yeah, and, and I go, hear going and... from there. But that was the start. I kind of fell into it. Not really something that I w- always wanted to do from a kid, but fell into it. And I've not had another job since ever. So it is in nine years that is quite good to do something that is not really to. It's not something that you can just go to the job centre and oh, we'll get a job in this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is quite niche. So, to, yeah, that's how it all started, mate, really. Yeah, this is one thing I've always uh, spoke about of people who are self-employed, like yourself, is don't you find that when you are self-employed and you're working for yourself and you have to survive of off of doing this job and what you love, it does motivate you and push you to... 100%. It, it starts making you think outside the box on things that you 100%. can do. So, from, as you said, running a guest list to then starting your own night where you're booking DJs and it's a, it's it, is, it is events management is what you're doing. It's event planning. And then fast forward nine years, the evolution of yourself, <laughs> you're now doing festivals. But you've picked that up as you've gone along. You've not gone to a 
university and done a degree. That's always event- my big thing yeah, that no- I've always said to people about uh, you can go to university and do event management, for example, and then I've always counter-argued it and gone, but I would never have learned. 90% of the skills that I've picked up from mm. nightclubs, festivals, partners I've worked with, club owners, of course, anything. You would never pick and, up 90% and, yeah. of the skills that you learn on the job. And the experience is, you cannot buy the experience, especially in our our industry. You cannot buy that experience. And people look on that, even myself now as an employer, employing people, when I'm looking at people's CVs and things like that, a big thing I'm looking for is, have you done this? Like, mm-hmm. have you have you turned up to a nightclub and there's been no one there? Have yeah. you bounced back from you, it? You've got to take them losses, right? You I mean, have to take it all. We, we've, we've all been, been there. there. We've all done it. We have all been there. We've all done it. We've put on events that have lost a lot of money. We've that's that's been one of the one of the the most humbling things I think that when you turn up to a club and there is no one there, <laughs> and you think, well, I, 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 I've, crazy. I've even had it before. You turn up to events and I've even had a text five minutes before I've got there and said, oh, sorry, mate, there's not that many people there tonight. We don't need you. We don't need you. And that, like, obviously, it doesn't really happen so much now because when, for example, someone books me, they go through a, a, a booking process now, right? Where they get sent an, an invoice and a contract. Big events and, only and, now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not, 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 not just big events <laughs> only, but I mean, this is something that I think it's important to recognise as a musician is that you don't want people to take advantage of you, right? 100%. So I think we can all be a little naive when we're younger and thinking, oh, okay, yeah, everyone is has the same mentality Again, as me. Again, they're skills that you learn on the job. Yeah, like You're I would never, uh, I, could, I can never imagine uh, not paying someone for a, for a job I've booked them for. Uh, yes. <laughs> and then, Quite uh, yeah, and then, but I think sometimes as a musician, promoters can sometimes take advantage of the fact that you're nice as well. And they think, oh, he's not going to mind if he doesn't get paid this week. But you soon realise as you grow a bit older in this, is that as much as, we don't do this for the money. You still need to pay the bills. So it's important to have a 100%. business head on when you're starting up, starting up in this industry. And I think people do remember a lot as well. Like, I live and die by the sword. I, I've never knocked no one. I've never not paid anyone. I never would. And you can even see from me, especially now looking at the Hush and La Fiesta stuff, my guys have been my guys from day one. Mm-hmm. Like, my residents for Fiesta have been with me since Faces, Lux Days. Yeah, it's never been for me to go around and go, oh, the new hot kid on the block or the new hot girl on the block, right, let's take them, let's embed them in. We've built such a good core team and like what you said earlier, family with our residents and with the people that have grown with me mm-hmm. and, and they're unbelievable as well. So Josh, quick fire round. I am an aspiring musician, promoter, DJ, singer. I want to get involved in the music industry. Yep. What are your three top tips for me? My three top tips would be Definitely listen to people, take advice on board. I think that's very important. I've learned, like what we were kind of talking about earlier, the amount of people that I've met over the last 10 years on the journey, majority I still speak to now from the people that I've met from day one. will always ring up people for advice, still now to this day. I've still got so much to learn. People might be watching this, looking at it going, oh my God, like you guys are doing so well. I still look at myself pessimistically and think I've got so much to learn. I don't know hardly anything. So I think that is a good attitude to have I'd also say build a good team you're only as good as your team and my team are amazing I always refer to everyone as we've got the Lionel Messi of licensing I've got the Lionel Messi of 
QC lawyer, I've got the Lionel Messi of promotions team, you need the best people around you because it just levels you up as well mm -hmm. and you learn so much from them. So I'd definitely say have a good team around you. And the third thing I would say is don't ever be put off. Don't be put off by retrain and reskill. Don't be put off by find another career. Are you going to get a real job? You do a party and no one turns up. I've done parties and no one's turned up. Don't worry about it. Keep going. Keep going because if you've got something good, it will prevail. And it will. We've had La Fiestas with five people. I had a hush at Lux with five people and then got offered a full-time full job two days later. So just keep going, keep going, keep going and never be put off by bad experiences. No, I love that. That's very, very solid advice. And uh, no, like you said, re reiterating that point, you get a good team around you, you learn how to delegate, you don't get put off by the failures because inevitably those are the ones that make you, right? 100%, 100%. 100%. Without that learning curve. And if you, anyone says they've not failed or done, they're, they're lying. Yeah, a million percent. Like they're lying because everyone has unless you've just somehow recklessly just been thrown into a <laughs> massive scout thing. I don't know. But yeah, ev everyone has failed. I've, I've done it many a times. 100%, 100%. Now that's very solid advice, Josh. And uh, yeah, just to go back on the point, as we said, this podcast was born out of the fact that we want to inspire the next generation and 100% anyone who has a passion for music, whether it's singing or DJing or working in hospitality or the creative arts, not just music, but anything that you have been put off because of the last year, because you think you're not going to be able to earn the money that you want to want to be able to live off, basically, ignore it. It's not ignore about the money. If you, if you have a passion and you want to follow it, go and do it. And I guarantee you, once you start on that journey, you'll find ways to reinvent yourself like Josh has 100%. in terms of starting right at the bottom of the entertainment food chain, so to speak, running, it, run, running a guest list, cleaning <laughs> bars, to growing his own brands and festivals and who knows what's next. So there Thank you go. Thank you very much. Very solid Hope advice. So.